The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, everybody, we're back online. Hey, everybody, we're back online uh, somewhat. Uh, this is Dave Dave Jackson and Patrick Mahan from Talking Backwards. I'm Dave Jackson, joined uh, by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. His catchphrase. Happy Twin Peaks Day. Happy Twin Peaks Day, everybody. 2023. It's here again. Everybody left. Uh, everybody left a, a cup of coffee and a donut for David Lynch when he comes through your radiator <laughs> on, on, that on is February twenty third Eve. Yep, yep. Every, sorry, everybody, February twenty fourth Eve. Yeah. February twenty third proper. Yeah, he will. He's he's going to come into your house. Yeah, and hopefully everyone has already celebrated. You know, the the night before with uh, a fresh diet lasagna. And a fresh plate of Garmin Bozo for dessert. Just shoveling it into your maw in preparation for the big day. Yep. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. I don't either. And I, you know, I don't we're know that we've habit. ever known what we're doing. I don't think we ever have, but we've not done this for almost a year. And I it's think been, that's... I think I think it's safe to say it's been over a year since we've been on yeah. mic together. It, yeah, I'm glad to be back online with you, Dave. Yeah, and it's good for you. Uh, Tyler, Where's... unfortunately... Uh, could not yeah, join us today. He is uh, at an egg summit, as everyone knows. There, there's been a, an a, a change in the egg market, and uh, as a connoisseur of deviled eggs, he is uh, our representative at the summit. He could not join us today, and that's fine. Unfortunately, we love and miss him. Kind of a thing up, up at the top here, uh, as we learn how to talk. Uh, I, I personally, and I think I speak for Patrick and Tyler as well. I, I want to thank. The entire Twin Peaks community. Uh, I want to thank the folks who have uh, chosen to continue to support us on Patreon. Uh, new Patreon supporters. Uh, it means the world to us, guys. Because I I know that you know that we haven't put out much new in quite a while. Uh, but we've got a, a really active and lively Discord that I really appreciate. And uh, that is still available to join. Uh, and I want to thank those folks for being on there. I know I've even been absent from that. And recently gotten back into that i'm glad to see that community is still thriving and alive uh very very great um i want to thank all, all, all the fans and new listeners who have reached out to us and sent us emails or questions uh via you know either our email address or twitter or on discord uh love to hear from you guys keep keep doing that and we'll keep doing our best to respond as always and uh i don't know i just i just want to thank everybody who's involved and has stayed involved with us as we uh, kind of figure out what's happening through a hiatus. Uh, yeah, we uh, we've seen your mess, your comments, and your messages on social media asking, you know, where are you? When when are you going to drop some new sodes? Uh, that's short for episodes right. for anybody who doesn't know. A- anybody who's hip knows, but if you're yeah, not anybody who's hip knows, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, we don't. We we wanted to drop something special for Twin Peaks Day. We. We we thought it would be fun. We have been sitting on this episode for about a year. This is the only thing we do have in the can currently. So unfortunately, it's it's good news, bad news, good news. You're getting ready to hear a fresh episode uh, of of talking backwards. But the bad news is we're not we're not back yet. 
yet. Yes. We, we, we're not Tyler, Dave, and I talk all the time. We we, mm-hmm. we try to make some plans. Sometimes put the plans fall through, but we are mm-hmm. we're we're working it out. Yeah, we're not back, but we're not gone. Yes. So we've we decided to drop this hot soda on you from our can, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, the biggest. So what it is? Uh, this is our our first attempt at getting back into everything post our original set of content. Uh, we wanted to do forehead ratings for the first season. Uh, we, <laughs> thus far, have only achieved the pilot. And we're still trying to uh, kind of figure out what it's going to look like moving on from here. But it's it's a really, really fun, good episode. Uh, we have uh, all of Tyler's insights from having seen the entire series through and coming back and revisiting the pilot again. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of good conversation here. And there's a new segment. New segment. Uh, everyone's saying it's kind of good, and everybody says that they like it. Uh, and maybe we're missing some fan favorite uh, bits in there, but uh, we're figuring it out. Figuring it out. A little, a little format change. We'd love, we'd love to get some feedback on it, and maybe that'll, maybe that'll help us push, push, push forward. Um, in addition to some other really, really good ideas that we have, um, we really want to play the Twin Peaks board game, which was sent to us by Laura Stewart. That's that's kind of like at the top of our list. Like we, Tyler, that Dave, and I priority. haven't. Yeah, Tyler, Dave, and I haven't been in the same room since we recorded this episode that you're about to hear. This mm-hmm. pilot rewatch. Um, and, and we are going to get together hopefully sooner than later. And, and we're going to play that board game. We're going to play that board game. Tyler, I know has been working on some really cool things involving that board game, but I don't want to say too much. Right. I may have already said too much. Look, it's a new episode. Yep. New to you. Yep. Old to us. I hope you enjoy it. Look, we're, we're, we're trying to get back in the game. We're trying to get back in the swing. Life's crazy. Life happens. Life is but, crazy. But please enjoy a new episode of Talking Backwards. And please keep reaching out. Please stay in touch however you want to with your communities. Whatever it is that you love to do. Whatever it is you love to interact with. Never give up on it. Just keep just keep poking that bear until it wakes up and hands you some honey. Follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Unless your dreams involve the Black Lodge. Maybe stop. Maybe stop dreaming. Reconsider your dreams. We miss you. We love you. We miss you and we love you. Happy Twin Peaks Day. Happy Twin Peaks Day. From all of us at Talking Backwards. Talking Backwards, a Twin Peaks podcast. I'm Dave Jackson, joined as always by Patrick Mahan. Hey, everybody. And Tyler Mullen. I am here and ready to party. Oh, oh yeah. Guys, fellas, we're back at the beginning. How did we get here? I led you here. For I <laughs> am Spartacus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That aside, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, do, we do need to say right at the top that if you're listening to this as the pilot and you have never heard the show before, and you want to start from the very beginning, from where we, where, where? where we started, <laughs> yeah. without spoilers. Where, where our whole our whole shtick was that Patrick and I 
had different levels of familiarity with Twin Peaks. Yes. Tyler, our third host, had never seen it before. So you, if you want his initial reactions to everything while we coach him through the series, you're at the wrong pilot. You, you need, need to go to the very start. Go back to episode one of our show. Episode one. <laughs> yeah. Pilot one. This is pilot two. I've seen a lot of posts where people are looking for podcasts that uh, maybe go episode by episode, but it's all the spoilers. Sure. Covers everything. Yeah. That's what we're doing now. Yep, you're with in the right place. With season one. You're in the right place. Uh, so we are going to go back to the beginning of Twin Peaks and uh, revisit it through the lens of The Return. Yep. We've seen it all at this point. We've seen it all, and boy, re-watching this is something else <laughs> at this point. It's a different experience. It's a different experience. Here's something else I'm going to wrestle with is I might repeat myself a lot. Yeah, I thought about this too. As we go back through. I've not um, gone back and listened to our first couple episodes for this reason. I Yeah, me either. So, sorry everybody. <laughs> I, I, w while I don't want to contaminate what I'm going to say with what I've already said, like having that in my head, I am also very aware that my brain works about the same way. Sure, sure, yeah. So I'm, I'm very likely to say the same thing again. I will say that, like like we just touched on, watching this again was a very different experience. Yeah. I have lots of notes, lots of connections. Well, lots. Some was, connections. The reason it was a different experience for me is because I, every scene, I was like, been there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I've seen this. I've yeah. been there. I've filmed there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. yeah I did that a couple <laughs> times, too. Yeah, I did, too. Yeah. It's very, because the, the entire pilot was... Filmed in Washington. This yep. was not on sets. This mm -hmm. was they filmed this over a six week period yep. in Washington. And yes, six week period. We took that trip last May, twenty twenty one. Filmed a couple episodes there. Went to these locations, and yeah, it's a very surreal thing once once you've gone there. If you haven't made the trip, I know many listen many listeners have, but if you haven't, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's it's again. Even outside of just Twin Peaks, the whole <laughs> everything's beautiful, <laughs> like up there. Oh yeah, it's um, amazing. everyone's super nice. Uh, couldn't couldn't recommend the trip enough. But yes, I wish we didn't have to work. <laughs> wish we it's didn't. True. Yeah. We could have just been in the area and just taken in some of the scenery. It was it was go go go. Got to go back. Got to go back. Got to go back. And if you don't mind, I've got some pat stats for you. Uh oh. The official Patstats. You could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us. Patstats. Haul out your boy for some Patstats. Stats, stats. I hate the Patstats. This is Twin Peaks Season 1, Episode 1, a.k.a. Northwest Passage, a.k.a. The Pilot. Why was it Northwest Passage? That was a working title, I believe, that Mark Frost and David Lynch gave it, and I think that's what it might be have been called if they had, if it had not been picked up by ABC just as like a standalone movie before it was before it was Twin Peaks. Gotcha. Or at least the initial script, I believe, was Northwest Passage. So this was directed by David Lynch, written by Mark Frost and David Lynch. Aired on April sixth, nineteen ninety. I had just turned two years old and I stayed up past my bedtime to watch this. Is that my a first time? So full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, is that a lie? It's a pat fact. Mm. Is that an actual fact about Pat? So that Pat. means all Pat facts are lies. Are <laughs> lies. <laughs> Going forward, all. How many times have we done Pat facts? <laughs> <laughs> that is a this that is a new segment. <laughs> I believe this is the the pilot of Pat stats or Pat facts. Pat facts. Pat, Pat facts. facts. I'm. I got. We got a. I have a. I have a new mic set up, and I'm very aware that I'm 
about to swat it a few times. I touch my face a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to full open hand slap myself a few <laughs> times. Yeah. So I'm, I am working around that. I feel like Kevin Richardson. I don't know what that is. Okay. I feel like Britney Spears. I feel like I just Phil Collins. So I want to start off by saying that Joan Chen is a Chinese-American actress. Yeah. Who opens <laughs> the pilot. Should we go over her career? Uh, a little bit. I think we did actually, that once. <laughs> I, I do want to touch on <laughs> the fact that she was in a film in Hong Kong called White Rose, Red Rose. Or maybe it's the other way around. Red Rose, White Rose. Mm, not Blue Rose. Not Blue Rose. Damn, so close. But if you mix red and, red and white, you get blue. That's, that's a type. That's a, that's a color fact. That's color math. And Dave knows his colors. Yeah, color math. Band name called it. If Dave mixed <laughs> white and red, you would get blue. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. No, probably. I mean, finally, blue is one of the only colors I can usually tell. Okay. So I'm going to say no. So close. <laughs> As a bluesman. <laughs> As, As a bluesman. But no, uh, so on rewatching, uh, so uh, the first time I thought it was super weird that we opened with Josie. The second time, it's it's not as weird to me because it sets up the Martell household dynamic pretty well, I think. It's like you have <laughs> – it's set up very early that Pete and Catherine are not on good terms. And then there's this third individual in their home – it's like, why are they here? Yeah, what's her deal? So it, it raises questions. I, I think it's a good seed. A lot of the pilot seeds things that will matter later. Yeah. So it's, it, it makes her stick in your mind. Like as the first person you see, it's like, all right, well, who's this? How do they factor into this home dynamic here? Yeah. You'll find out. I wish I knew what song she was humming. Was she humming? Yeah, she was humming. Hmm, but, your, but Laura Palmer's theme is playing, so it's just... Yeah. Kind of Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> the first instance of Rick rolling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was the first Rick roll. Very, very good. That makes sense. Two years after it was a number one hit. Yep. Because it was the number one song the week I was born. Pat fact for you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not true. <laughs> As established, that is a lie. Google it. <laughs> to hop on that real quick, the first thing I thought of just seeing this opening thing was we're watching the unofficial version as Gordon Cole or Philip Jeffrey said, it's like tell Gordon he'll remember the you know, he'll know the unofficial version, you know, and we do see this opening shot in part seventeen of the return play out exactly the same up until Pete goes outside and there's no body. Right. So now yeah, we're watch we're like watching the unofficial version. Hmm. That only and it reminds me of Final Dossier too, where it's like you know, everybody's a little foggy on like what happened, you know, so it's just like there's this other timeline that's happening. So I'm just immediately given the part 17 vibes. At least here, we actually get the line. We didn't in part 17. The lonesome foghorn blows. Yes. What a great first line of an episode of television. <laughs> well, Is it? Uh, officially, oh, it the hooked first me. <laughs> officially, the first line is gone, gone fishing. fishing. That's true. Gone fishing. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. So I, I'm making this connection here. I just didn't think about it, him doing the knock on wood mm -hmm. as he goes out. Gordon Cole does that in part 12 of The Return uh, when they're giving a toast. Kind of right before the scene changes, he just does a quick knock on wood mm. after Diane comes in. Gone fishing. After she's like, let's rock. So that's kind of interesting. I Vi mean, I, and again, very early on, they see a lot of things that like wood will matter 
you know, Josie will matter. Fish will matter. <laughs> fish, yeah. In some way. Yeah. Like which way? So there's a fish in the percolator. For some reason, Windermerl feels the need to point out 12 rainbow trout in the back of a truck. 12 rainbow trout. Yeah. Just fish stuff, man. Yeah. Fish something, stuff. Something fishy about that. Fish stuff, boy. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out Jack Nance. Facial expressions say so much. Oh, yeah, great. Just everything. Even him going up to the phone before he delivers the, when he's calling the, sh- the sheriff department and delivers the classic line. She's dead. Wrapped in plastic. Just the way he's like kind of almost like trembling, you know? Yeah. It's just. The performances are super solid. It's. And so, and this time watching through, like, full disclosure, the first time I was rewatching the series as we were doing the show, I was kind of watching it as almost a, like a gimmick or like a gag show, like and kind of taking a more comedic eye on things. Mm-hmm. But trying to watch it just as what it is, like the dramatic parts, watching them as drama, mm-hmm. made it hit a lot different. Yeah, Like the performances are so good in a way that I really didn't give credence or note to before. Just like, yeah, Jack Nance as Pete is great. So great. I think it says a lot, too, I think, about because there's a, the friendship of David Lynch and Jack Nance. I think it says a lot, too, him giving him – He's the one that discovers the body, you know, mm-hmm. giving him the iconic line of, you know, she's dead. Yeah. Which that's actually even really interesting, too, because I guess when he goes up to the body, I was just thinking about this. I guess he recognizes that it's a female. Mm-hmm. I don't think he knows who it is. Well, they don't turn her over. To right. Him. And the way Later. he says she's dead, I'm almost just like she she's dead. It's just an interest. It's just an interesting way of phrasing it, you know, like. Because if you if you don't know you know, all of Twin Peaks even, you I feel like you could take it as just like she's dead, like they knew someone was gonna die or something, you know, now she's dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Oh, like like it almost like it was expected. Right. Yeah. It's like just an interesting phrase. You know, like do you understand yeah. kind of how like it's you said know it? how we were just talking about <laughs> her? Yeah. Well she's, she's dead. dead. I do right. yeah, 'cause yeah, 'cause he's talking to Harry on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like she's dead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. And then Harry's like where? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's not like right. who. Yeah. 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 They said, hold on. Where? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be right there. So for some reason, I was thinking about it in that way, just thinking, is there more to that? No, I don't know. I just had never thought about the just because it's, you know, you just think about him saying she's dead wrapped in plastic because it's so, wait, what? Wrapped in plastic? Yeah. Can't be. <laughs> <laughs> all of it's, all of it is so, is so strange. So he also spots her from a mile away. <laughs> Yeah, it's good true. eye. Like, good eye. Like she looks like nothing to me in that shot. His like face it, it looks like a like a yeah, grocery I don't know bag what it is, yeah. <laughs> rolled up on shore. His face too when he turns and notices is so good. Like <laughs> I can't even do it. It's, <laughs> it's just like it's <laughs> like it's like he knows she's there already. Yeah. Like it's like something like like yeah. without even having seen it. <laughs> it's like yeah. the lonesome foghorn blowing made him turn and yeah. look that way. Well, where's that lonesome? The lonesome foghorn blew his face that way. (laughs) 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 That invisible hand. Yeah. Huh? Look over here, you idiot. (laughs) Yeah. So, Andy does not handle seeing the body well. I don't get this. I so my theory now, after theory on the fly, or you got you gathered 
No, it, it's a note. This is th- 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 theory on the fly. It's not a classic Dave theory on the fly. Oh, I love this. It's this is a note I actually made. <laughs> uh, it's like I I feel like Andy, he, both here and later at the train car when they they find the crime scene, he's yes. in a severe emotional state. And I think that it has to do with whatever whatever the connection is with the spirits that make them choose him for the vision in the return. Ooh. I feel like he has some sort of yes. next level empathetic connection to Lara and the things around her that make him react this way. Like he's feeling pain and sorrow in both instances. Like it's yes. like I, I mean the crime scene is bad, but it's not just like he's he's like it's so horrible when he's telling it to Lucy. Like he's feeling the things that happened in there. Yeah. And I feel like he's just on this different plane of empathy where he's feeling emotions other people can't, but they're just coming off of these people in these scenes. Yeah. And I that's what I think is making him break down because there there was like, Really, Andy? Are you sure it's not the chocolate bunny? Perhaps. Could be about the bunny. I forgot the chocolate bunnies pop up this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's I know. like right there again seed that, is right that here. seed yeah is planted mm-hmm. very early <laughs> and comes to fruition very late in the game <laughs> <laughs> i'm picturing david lynch in a little elf hat with a bag of seeds just going <laughs> 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 hunched over like a little, a little leprechaun <laughs> 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 nightmare <laughs> yeah mm. uh and uh so I, I i think we're just we're just yeah we're just open and loose yeah we're going, not going scene by scene we're just blasting through just go for yeah. it man yeah, yeah, yeah. we I gotta talk about bob and chow day i i love <laughs> i love that in the shot when La, uh, sarah realizes laura is dead running through the house there's just a few seconds it's like three seconds of a shot of the fan that's super mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. with an electrical hum yeah it's like right here, right now. It starts. Yep. Yeah. Like listen to the sounds. Yeah. Like that. That hum is already. Yep. It's I. It's already here. Until you just said it, I remember watching it. First time. No, like oh. when I watched it for this recording. Gotcha, gotcha. And I heard that, and I was like, "That fan's gonna break." <laughs> 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 I did not even think about <laughs> the electrical. <laughs> I was like, "That fan's on its way out." <laughs> Oh, you're going to want to replace that soon. <laughs> yeah. The first thing I thought of, too, with the fan was, and her calling out Laura was part 18. Because when she hears it, she hears her mom calling out Laura right before the scream, and right. the power goes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the fan breaks. Because <laughs> the fan breaks. <laughs> Everything breaks. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Sarah Palmer, again, this is one of those, I know we talked about it on the our first go-around of the pilot, but just the the acting, the emotion, the the, cr- the long shots on her crying. Yeah. It's it's definitely unlike anything, and it makes you it makes you feel like you're right in that room with her. It makes you feel that emotion. You feel that pain from a grieving mother, and it's just, ugh, like, just like a gut punch. Yeah. It's right. I mean, what's, what's the, what was Jow Day's Like correlation with Laura. Was there any from? I mean, I guess from what we've gathered is that it's like obviously Bob was just super shitty to her. Yeah, but like 
there was no. Well, I mean, it, it, this is yeah. It gets tricky because it's you because you do have those thoughts where you're like, you know, was Sarah like this the whole time? Yeah. Was she to what to what degree are they being puppeteered and like how much of that person is left yeah. in that physical body? And then yeah. you subscribe to the theory that the the Sarah Palmer connections with John Day, because uh, like so yeah, Ray like Wise, everyone, <laughs> Ray Wise as Leland seems genuinely like heartbroken that his daughter died. He does. Like, so that there's. I think it's more like weird. He does upset because he's gonna get caught. Like the there's a there's an end game, like arriving soon. And one uh, while we're saying something quick with Leland, the only thing that I caught because obviously you're you're you know Leland did it. <laughs> so you're what? <laughs> I know. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, you know. You're you're sitting there watching when he's putting it together. You know that when <laughs> Sheriff Truman comes in, you know he's very emotional. You're like, man, I feel for this guy. Yeah. There's one moment Sheriff later Truman. in the episode when he's upstairs uh, with Hawk that really struck me. Was her diary? Yes. Do you have to take that? Do you have to take that? I was like, oh, <laughs> man. Yeah. Mama. You don't need to take that. <laughs> yep. There's some stuff you don't need to see. That's not <laughs> the diary you're looking for. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Oh yeah. Which is true. There's another diary. There's another diary. <laughs> we don't know that at this point. Right. But yeah. No, there's yeah, two I, I diaries. She's had two visions. That that didn't quite click until you just said it. And that's I caught that on this rewatch. I was like, that's Yeah, you that's did. That's very good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like uh, why would you question about that? Yeah. yeah. You have to take that. Why, well, why that in particular? Uh, on a first watch, you're like this is your daughter's stuff. Like don't take it away right, from right, me. Right. 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 But, but they already have a box of stuff happening. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's letting them take stuff. Already. He's he he doesn't give one shit about the giant video camera, <laughs> right? Like, oh, there's probably nothing on it's there. It's not. There's not even a like, the hell's that doing in that right. box? Mm-hmm. And he he may not even realize that that's the dangerous diary. Yeah, like it's the one behind the bookshelf that's the real problem. Yeah, but he's he just hears diary and he's like, oh, whoa, mm, maybe not. Mm. Yeah. Hold up. Nope. I've read the book. <laughs> I need this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need that back. Yeah, uh, yeah I, we, we discussed at length uh, Ray Sabrisky as Sarah in that opening, and I want to do it again. Uh, just, just so good and so heartbreaking. And so uh, I know that there is Judy in there. I know that there's Judy in there, but... She got a little Judy in her. Sarah Judith just Palmer. The Vegas Palmer. Just the like it's it's on par with uh later in the return when she's just losing her mind and trying to break the picture. Oh yeah. Like it's that level of rage, but as grief in this moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really weird for me to because I'm I'm in this weird spot where like we have human people who are vessels for otherworldly things. How much of each is doing work at any given point? Mm-hmm. Like there are times when Lara seems normal, yeah, and then times when she's just off her rocker, yeah. Same with Leland because it's it's like she's living a million existences in her mind, yeah. And then you have moments of like genuine like familial love from you know Sarah and Leland and Lara like all like functioning as a unit. And then there's like there's all this horrible th- stuff that's going on too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, wh- when is it human and when is it monsters? Yeah. And when are the humans monsters? With Leland and Bob, you can sometimes see like the switch. 
going off, the light switch. I always think of that one scene later. It's it's after it's after he's Leland's killed Maddie. He's at the Great Northern. I think he's talked to Coop and he kinda goes into like <laughs> a back room. He goes into like a back room and he's kinda like he kinda smiles, you know? Like mm-hmm. he's been fine talking to Cooper or whatever, but right. then he goes and he's like mm-hmm. he has that goofy smile. Yeah. With with <laughs> with Just um like with the Majertian mm-hmm. uh boop. With boop, it's almost and again with boop. Mr. C <laughs> being being a doppelganger, I almost just feel like the functioning is just totally different. He's just like you're you're just riding with me, and it's mm-hmm. you don't ever I don't the ever co-pilots. see yeah you don't see yeah. a switch m- really at all. <laughs> as much as I would have loved a Mr. C little like dance <laughs> scene, <laughs> yeah, would have been a great. little Mersey dotes coming off Mr. C. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, he's he doesn't have anything to hide. He doesn't he doesn't have to conform to a society. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's out on his own doing his bad guy things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have to make switches. Yeah. Like and that's uh, that's what's confusing. Is right. like it, you think it would be the same experience for Leland where he's always with him mm-hmm. and he's always aware of him. Like how bad of a guy? Like we know we, we we kind of grok that he is a bad person. Yeah. But like, how bad of a guy is Leland without Bob? Mm-hmm. Like, with without him pulling pulling like some really bad strings to cause pain and sorrow to Lara, so he can eat. If if that creature wasn't in him, mm-hmm. how bad of a of a guy and a father would Leland really have been? Yeah. We we can't know, yeah. but. And obviously, I don't know all of this, and I feel like in my. F- and the watch I had with you guys a couple years ago, I always think about the episode with when um, Bob cool pulls the ripcord and makes makes him remember like what he did. I do think there's a lot of times where he just doesn't. He genuinely just didn't know what was happening mm-hmm. to him. He couldn't con- control it, and then right. Bob would take over, and then he just wouldn't remember. So I, it's possible that when he gets that news, he doesn't have a clue like what he did the night before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like when he's swerving down the highway, there's no Leland there. <laughs> no, definitely not. That's, that's well, at that point, that's just a ghost having a good that's, time. He's <laughs> that close to breaking at that point. Yeah. He's, yeah. And he's not going to make it much longer. Right. I want to talk about Audrey Horn for a minute. Okay. I uh, I got some interesting uh, Black Lodge vibes, uh, or waiting room vibes, I should say, from Audrey. Get that great introduction of her just coming out of the Great Northern. Mm-hmm. Get that close-up of her shoes. She's yes. got black and white shoes. Black and white shoes. Later, she's got red shoes. Yep, the three color powers. Oh, man. I noted that real hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when sh- they're calling roll on the class, she's here. Here. Is yep. she really here? Right. Or is she not here? I I took <laughs> note of that. <laughs> yeah. She says, I'm here. Yeah. It's like... Is God. this uh, <laughs> is this one just one of your dream states? Yeah. Are you are you slipping in and out? She also yeah. looks completely different in the next episode, where a lot of characters. Well, we know why. It's filmed like a year later, <laughs> or like six months later. But if but still, yeah. But everyone else looks pretty, pretty much, much the, the same. same. Yeah, yeah. But she looks exponentially different. Mm-hmm. Like she's styled completely different. Her hair is completely different. If if you have any sort of Blame Mr. Dunham for that. Well, Dwayne. If you have any sort of concern for continuity, you you check the tape. And you... I, I think. I don't. What is continuity? <laughs> <laughs> like, if continuity was ever 
a point of concern. And if, like I think, like going back and watching again, I feel like every single thing is so intentional that that's just one of the things that would be considered. And like David Lynch would have had a say in, they like, that, that would just further the point that that's a different time and place for Audrey specifically. Like that's that Audrey. And then it's a different Audrey that we're following moving forward. I also, think that makes sense for me. Also, like a tulpa. Let me, yeah. Maybe a tulpa. Maybe a tulpa. And also, Donna looks a little different from when we saw her in Firework Repent the <laughs> night before. Or it's the true. day before. A little Definitely a tulpa. A little bit. So something happened. So, Donna, so OG Donna is actually Donna 2.0? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. <laughs> That's been our show. <laughs> Yikes. We will still refer to Maura Carely as <laughs> Donna 2.0 because I that will that will bother me. Um LFB though. Mm-hmm. She's she's a tulpa. Think so? Yeah. Scanning. And nobody notices like nobody notices. She looks a little different. Nobody notices. I have a catch. Like Dougie. Nobody oh, he lost some weight. His hair's different. Yeah. Nobody notices. Or they do, and they don't care. I don't care. Jenny I have a catch. definitely doesn't <laughs> care. You are a catch. Hey, thanks. In the double R. The red room? No, the, the double R diner. <laughs> yeah, the red room. Oh. RR. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, in, the, in the double R diner, there's a traffic light hanging as decor. Didn't see it. Yeah. It's just for a second in a shot, but over the little wraparound bar area. Is it the one they hung up at Sparkwood? Yeah. (laughs) It's a little foreshadowing. (laughs) For those of you who don't know. (laughs) Go back to the previous episode where we (laughs) defined foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I caught that today and thought that was wild. Uh, I I have a couple more catches from the double R. Uh, When when Dana Ashbrook is pointing at Norma before they (laughs) walk out, he's like, it goes on so long, and I'm pretty sure Imaginamic breaks. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> next to me, she just kind of... Because it's so long. <laughs> it is. Also, the song Bobby plays on the jukebox, mm-hmm. I didn't have time to confirm this. I think it's the same song James plays on the jukebox at... There's uh, only Wally, one song at on Wally's, this jukebox. Yeah, at Wally's Hideout, though. Oh. Yeah, in the Marshlands. Mm. Do they talk about dreams at Wally's Hideout when it plays? Because they sure do with the double R. Yeah, see my dream. Not if it's see you first. So they fucked, right? At some point. <laughs> well, I mean, Shelly says something about, like, I, I think she's, she's sweet on, on yeah, you. Yeah, you, yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so the, the see you in my dreams, I did take note of, too, because, like, immediately we start talking about dreams yeah. in the pilot before we've even gotten to the weird stuff. That yeah. doesn't come till episode two. But we're already talking about dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, while they're in the car going back to Leo's, uh, Shelly sips from a flask and says, it's happy hour in France. Immediately talking about France. Très chic. For whatever reason, we're already yeah. seeding France. Yeah. Uh, I did have a bummer as well, and uh, that the butte yell is not as intense as I remember. It, 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 it was very disappointing. <laughs> it's We made it. It's th- we've done this a few times because yeah. in my head, you guys yelled "butte" in the pilot, and I'm that's sure all did. I remember mm-hmm. is the way you yelled it. Same thing with Nadine's. 
It's yep. not as intense nope. as the way you guys said it. Yeah. <laughs> in our our show. Pretty much. We really meant this show is not as good as we make it seem. <laughs> well, have ruined Twin Peaks for me. No, I'm just kidding. I, I was bummed, and it kind of sounds like Bobby's just kind of bummed. Butte? Like, like he's just disappointed. Like, Butte? Yeah. Butte? Butte. Butte. He's not in Butte. Butte? Butte? Yeah. Butte. Another thing with he Bob. doesn't slam on the brakes as hard as I thought either. No, <laughs> no but he peels out. He peels like, out. He does yeah. peel out. It definitely he, draws attention yeah, to himself. But, yeah, but yeah, he kind yeah. of coasts to a stop and goes, Butte? Yeah. Oh, no. Shows yeah. like, back up. Yeah. Uh, even Bobby and Shelly in the car right side of the the diner reminded me of Becky and Steven in the return uh, in mm-hmm. the car just outside while they're while Norma and Shelly are watching them. Um, just familiarity. It's a double. Someone sat outside in the parking lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Shelly's involved in both scenes. I think it's just a history repeating uh, you know, your uh, daughter's with someone who's bad news. Mm-hmm. At that time, Bobby was bad news. Right. So he wasn't good news, Bobby. <laughs> What's he his wasn't good news, Bobby. <laughs> What's his face is going to be a cop one day? No, I mean, he shot himself in the woods. Or did he? Did he? Is that ever actually confirmed? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bobby's character is so unnatural in this state. Like Washington? W- when we, yes. When we see him in the return, like, that's, it feels good. Like, he, this just feels like a normal person. It, it it's it's eh, what am I trying to say? It makes sense. Like watching him like this, I don't know if it was the direction or you know Probably. them trying to figure out what to do with the character, but the the character feels confusing. Mm-hmm. Like it feels unnatural the way he's acting. It it's like it's like the character that is Bobby isn't actually a bad person, but he's putting on like he's a bad person so hard that it's. Almost cringeworthy. Like, like, like when he barks, right? Like that, and just like <laughs> how how he tries to act tough when he walks in a room. Yeah, and it's like this guy isn't tough like, like when this. he walks into school. Yeah. Oh, even with that, there was one quick moment where before he goes into the, like the library to meet with Sheriff Truman, he does walk backwards. He walks backwards. Second. I yeah. noted it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've never really paid attention yeah. to that before. He, he walks backwards into it, the office. It reminded me of Firewalk. The whole way, not the whole way. D- it's a halfway. Yeah. Yeah, he's walking and then he turns yeah, to he say like, something he like, like shuffle steps. <laughs> yeah, he shuffles. Then he turns around and goes yeah. back into the office. So I, I noted that walking backwards already. I had I had some issues with the timeline with Bobby going to the print, like telling saying he the principal wanted to see him in the office, yeah. mm-hmm. and then the cops like then it shows the cops looking for Bobby. Or something like why was he? Oh, yeah, in the classroom. Yeah, so, uh, another catch. Yeah. Uh, so Dunk. Let's not Jangle. forget. Let's not cut out Dunk Jangle, star Ooh. of the star of the series, star of the show. He's apparently most popular. He's like hanging like when James walks by. I think he's like hanging out at a locker with like a couple of girls. He's, he's got like, some babes. Man, about he, to do that junk dangle. He <laughs> he shuts his locker. He does his iconic dance. Slides mm-hmm. off screen. And here comes the cops. And then here come the cops. Yeah. I never saw them come in. And the waves on the wall kind of go with his <laughs> motion. <A little> bit. <laughs> yeah. But I never saw the cops come in. I mm-hmm. You see Hawk and Andy walk mm-hmm. in. They cross across the hallway back then. But I was so distracted by Dunk's majesty, <laughs> I never saw that. Yeah. What a catch. Yeah. I, I did. I catch, Dave. You did it. <laughs> Dave just had a great 
catch. That's a day catch. He caught it. While we're at the, while we're at the school, I want to hang out here for a second. Yeah. Um, this cop that comes to the classroom, who's this guy? I don't know. What? What's <coughs> his deal? He's a one-offer. We never see him He's again. He's a one-offer. It's, it's evidence that the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station is larger <laughs> than is posited. But it's like they have guys that come in on the weekend. And then guys that come in for weekday shifts. Volunteer sheriffs. Yeah, they just kind of <laughs> rotate out. Yeah. My favorite favorite thing, and this happened, I guess, when Harry left to go see Laura's body. And his car was parked out front, and he gets up, and he, like, drives away. And I'm like, I've been there. Like, that's a dead end. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are you going? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, you're not fooling me. I've seen <laughs> no. this place. Yeah, yeah I, I, I had a hard time getting around that a couple times. Just like, I've been there. Like, I've mm. been in that house. Yeah. I've stood there. Yeah, it's yep. It's really wild. Uh, I do want to hang out in the school for just another second. This was just funny for me. The principal was making his announcement, uh-huh. has the soundboard, and there's a, a big label that said cats. Uh-huh. So I was like, I, Musical? I, no. Like, but that did make things difficult. <laughs> I, I was looking at that. I was like, I, I wonder if I can find like the actual model of this thing, just as a weird deep dive. I, I could find no soundboards with oh it was uh, a brand with a manufacturer that's what it looked like okay like soundboards manufactured by cats audio maybe or something but all i could find were like soundboards of cat sounds of course cats the musical it's a tough thing to google just it's very very difficult i could find nothing on it but on closer inspection it looks like it might have been part of a larger like mascot logo or Mm. like maybe wildcats that somebody just cut out as a sticker and put on there and i thought it'd be very very funny if you were like the Twin Peaks cats, <laughs> like if that was your mascot, jeez, like, give it up for your cats, <laughs> just domestic house cats, domestic house cats, that would going be up against the tigers or the lions. Yeah, but what about these cuddly buddies? Before we leave the high school, I feel like we must at least talk about the courtyard girl. I kept, so I kept, it happened, and I was like, this has got to mean something greater than finding out that Laura had died before literally anybody else. And I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out other than, like, all of this, all of the show is happening in Audrey's head or something. Mm. But I couldn't, I couldn't come up with the, like, what. I mean, the heck it, is it? I don't know either. I know. It, I mean, it's. I guess it helps. I mean, it helps. Donna. Donna. Put together what happened. That's mm-hmm. uh, just, and it's also just one of many screams in this episode. So many screams this, this episode, seri- and in this series, lousy with them. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I, and then I just think of the Carrie Page ending scream. Um, Can I posit something about the screaming girl, please? So this time watching, yes, it, it did seem like maybe she got the bad news that somebody, like a classmate, had died. But this does not end up being one of the people that like Laura knew well. Like she does not play in. So it's almost like she's just there to be the alarm for like this is the beginning of all the bad that's going to happen from now till the series as ends as we know it. Mm-hmm. It's just like that's just. Yeah. It's just like. Here we go, red alert! <laughs> like, like she's the the siren, and it's a. Re- I mean, it's a, everything's about to go south. And it's a red alert again. He, 
they show it at the very beginning of part one. Mm-hmm. They show it to a fireman shows it to Andy. Yeah. It it's it's bigger. It's it's like she's the herald of like maybe she's H E R A L D of things to come or something. Carrie, Carrie Page, but she's dark hair. <laughs> maybe who knows? But yeah, it's something t- that I'll always ponder. Maybe yeah, maybe her body had just been taken over, mm-hmm. or something, and suddenly she's just feeling all these terrible emotions. That, that's a possibility. Yeah, Very possible. Nothing is off the table. No, nothing. I have, I have three pages of things that are on the table. We're taking nothing off. Mm. Nothing. Okay. I might take this page off. <laughs> no, I have more. Carry that page off the table. Oh, so, first of all, poor Sarah Palmer getting drugged from every angle. Chow day. Yeah. Getting, getting shots from the dock, getting drugs from the huzz. <laughs> the huzz. Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> getting swallowing frog moths, swallowing frog moths, just just getting things in her that she doesn't want. I call it the works. <laughs> She's what we call a perfect storm of <laughs> stuff you don't want in your body. Yes, no. it'll cost you uh, thirty dollars at the car wash. So she's in this stupor, this like drug stupor, and she can hear uh, Leland and uh, another hawk. Uh, yeah, hawk upstairs. Walk around. And she says, "Who's upstairs?" And they tell him, and then she says, I can tell from the sounds it isn't her. Mm-hmm. And that line really stuck with me this time. Mm-hmm. Like, so much is about sound. Mm-hmm. So much is. And, and again, she just says, I can tell from the sounds it isn't her. Like, Not they. Like, yeah. You know who I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> when I say her. Yeah. Like, just the, the same way Pete was Judy. like, she's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, I didn't even think about that until you said it earlier this episode. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just she just says, I can tell from the sounds it's not her. Mm. Yeah. And they don't say who. And she doesn't say, like, it's not Lara. She just says, it's not her. Lara, Weird. Yeah. Lara, it's interesting because, you know, she's we, s- we do see her, the iconic kind of unwrapping of the plastic. Um, and she's very much, even though she's not here, she's very, her ghost, it's almost like her ghost is just a character yeah. in this show. Uh, and I was actually... Uh, I watched the Log Lady intro with this, and it's probably one of th- one of my favorite ones. But it's it's notable because at the very end, the Log Lady says, "The one leading to the many is Laura Palmer. Laura is the one." Mm-hmm. She says, "Laura is the one." In part ten, that's actually the name of that part or the s- subtitle name mm. is "Laura is the one." Carrie Page is not the one. Right, she's Patty Ferguson one. is not the one. Doppelganger Laura is not the one. She's dead, yet she lives. Laura is the one. She's the one. Like, this instance of Laura is the one possibility of the right outcome. And it's gone. <coughs> it's gone. Like, we, you can't win now. Yeah. Is almost what that sounds like. And again, I keep thinking, I keep going back to part 17, because part 17 is so wild for many reasons, but, you know, the Cooper in, in the woods with her... Back in time from Firewalk with me. Um, when she looks like Deborah Kerr Unger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, th- I don't necessarily agree, and there's plenty of theories. I don't necessarily agree with the one that Judy is the one that rips her out of that timeline. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've heard this theory, and I, you know, and it's fine. It's fine theory, sure. But I do like if you think about the um, nervous about meeting Jay tonight. I like applying that to not James, but applying it to Judy. I think that's very interesting. Going out that night in the woods, and obviously, I mean, I she wouldn't know that. Well, would she? Have? I don't know. You don't know, but I like to think about that sometimes. I think that's I think that's interesting. I I think if you were <coughs> manufactured to oppose Judy, then somewhere in your brain that name bounces around. Yeah, I mean it's your mother's middle name. Yeah. Uh, could be Joey Paulson. <laughs> Another J. You're right. <laughs> that's You're a J, wrong. as Coop said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of uh, Fire Walk With Me just stands out so much watching this pilot. There's so many references to it, you know, even the, um, just just the stuff from that night, Laura, just seeing her, just actually seeing those events play out is so wild. Um, even just with, like, James on the bike and all that, because you hear about this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's all over this. There's a lot of connections there with that. I feel like everything just started making me think of Firewalk with me. Yeah. I feel like I didn't realize that or didn't remember that James knew that Bobby killed somebody. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because she said it. She says it to him. Yeah. On the bi- yeah. She's like, and he's just like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. And he tells Donna. And... I think Bobby is responsible for James' bike wreck. Oh, in the return? Trying to ruin his... Or as we heard it in the return? His chances becoming a cop. That was a... one. Or maybe Bobby also killed Donna. So you think that... Yeah, because there's zero Donna in the return. None. So you you think it's possible that because James is the only other one who would have had this information about Bobby, that when Bobby decided to go into law enforcement, he did a crime to knock the (laughs) information out of his brain with a bike wreck? Yeah. So he would have, but he would have had to find that that out. I feel like that's a, like, I know that's some Chad level stuff. It's good stuff. He would have, so he would have had to have found out that James knew, though. Right. I, 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 the way I look at it is like, James found out Bobby wanted to be a cop. He's like, I can't let that happen. Yeah. 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 Because of what I know. Right. Mm-hmm. And then somehow he finds out. No, that's fantastic. I'm definitely going to think about knocks that. Knocks him off the bike and that knowledge falls right out of his head. I would have <laughs> even liked, because you have just that, that part. That <laughs> one moment where uh, Bobby, somebody, they're putting. Are they putting James in the cell in the return? Mm-hmm. That's like the one time they share the screen other than at the end with the Bob getting killed stuff in the sheriff station where they just happened to be in the room. Oh, together. is it like the end? But it would have, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he's walked by him and I just like, man, you no quick bark or like no just sort of haha again, really? Like We're not going to be self-referential at all? Right. No. No. Great. Not at all. Yeah. Also didn't realize that James got like so yeah, scared. Like, <laughs> like it was... And the way he's standing, is like, Whoa. yeah. Again, like he's about to be hit with a newspaper mm-hmm. for pooping in a corner. It's, it's such a confusing character design, because he's n- really not this way. Come the return. No, he's like far worse. 
Like, it's, it's like they had another character in mind to be somebody who, like, wore leather and rode a motorcycle. Like, that feels like that should have been Bobby's thing. Yeah. It was being, like, the bad boy that did these things. Mm-hmm. And James is too... They wanted to get Rob Lowe. Is that, is that true? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But he's too milk toast to be this kind of character, the, like, angsty, like, on his motorcycle, like, oh, I just want to go. <laughs> this character does not work just for those go. traits. No. It's just... I, I <laughs> well, like the same with Bobby. Like I feel like these two characters are kind of a mash of like things they wanted to do or have a character be, but they just couldn't figure out which columns to put the traits in, and that we just get these homunculi that don't <laughs> really work in their own roles. Yeah. Dave, we got a new segment in the show where we take a trip somewhere. Where are we going? Taking a trip to Pop Off Peaks. This is the segment where we all lay out some random observations that we had in the episode. We are going to be spitballing pop-offs. we popping them off. Left and right. Out of sight. Dave, you're first. <laughs> Truman says it's going to be impossible to find cocaine in Laura's belongings because Cooper doesn't cocaine know... Cocaine hadn't been invented yet. Me, me now. Because Cooper doesn't know Laura, but maybe Truman doesn't know Laura, but he feels like he does. Well, I mean, he's probably the only one she didn't have sex with because he's a true man i i just noticed that Catherine straight fires a guy for looking at her yeah you're fired i thought that guy had some striking resemblance to mr eckert yeah i could see that yeah yeah i can get behind it like that adds nothing (laughs) but i was like oh yeah like, I didn't catch the fact that that had happened. That guy maybe definitely was, might not believe in ghosts. Maybe he was undercover. <laughs> <laughs> he was maybe. being sneaky, sneaky. Put on his aluminum pith helmet and yes. he was trying to get a, mill. He, was wor- he got a job at the mill to try to keep an eye on Josie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got to steal something from Damn Fine TV, our friends Jasmine and Mel's, that I just, they something they said in their my, pilot. My best friend Mel's? Your best friend Mel's. My best friend Jasmine. Your best and friend. And I'm fine. He listens to the show. Dave listens to the show. <laughs> Uh, James invented sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Audrey is with the concierge at the Great Northern when somebody comes in to tell them that uh, nobody needs to go in to the Norwegians and nobody needs to tell them that Laura died uh-huh. or they'll all leave. And uh, I believe it's Audrey that says the line, okay, Bob, okay. Okay, Bob. Okay. Ah, yeah. Wow. Wow, one. Bob, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One, this guy's name's Bob. Two. Yeah. Okay, Bob, okay. Another Bob. I like how you can say that quickly. Okay, Bob, okay. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> okay, Bob, okay. <laughs> Is hooking up with your secret lover's BFF a way to grieve? I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ronette's coming back across the bridge and gets spotted by a guy who delivers the line, what the hell? Yeah. What the hell? Uh, yep, I thought that too. Yep. Which yeah. also comes back around. What the hell? What the hell? Policeman's dream comes back up Yep. in the return. A policeman's dream. Yep. The policeman's dream. A couple of visual, just quick visual connections. Ronette in the hospital bed. I thought of Miriam, that overhead shot of her in the hospital bed. I, Which there's a connection to Ronette that I believe I made just because it was the 
it was almost like it looked like she maybe lived near where the bridge was because or she even uh, she, no she she comes out of the woods where the bridge is there mm-hmm. were some Ronette connections I brought up in our part 12 episode check it out I'm just thinking about that now uh, so that's actually really interesting maybe there I- maybe there's some connection there I don't know what I don't don't know how to explore that further <laughs> but <laughs> there might be something there I was trying to connect Ronette's line to the return. And what oh, is it? that she says. In the don't bed. go in there. Yeah, don't yeah. go there. Yeah, or don't, don't go, go there. Yeah, don't go there. Right. Um. And I can't figure out, like, at what point that would be in the return, because maybe she is stuck oh, in some how alternate. How about? Yeah, I was. How about in the mob zone? Yeah, I was thinking of Nido saying like, "Don't go in." Or she doesn't say it. She's swatting. But yeah, she basically says, "Don't go into that." Yeah, when, when he's heading toward the, the one yeah, outlet. And, and, she, it, and mm. he runs into <laughs> American <laughs> Girl run at. I mean, that's just a, that's making a connection just to okay. her presence being there after. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. And don't go there. Yeah. Boom. Interesting. Did interesting. It. Interesting. Uh, I, I need to walk back a lot of our, like, internal canon about uh, Big Ed saying cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Buy a coffee. Yeah, we we butchered that one as well. Yeah, buy a coffee. Buy you a coffee. I think that yeah. was in maybe our season a one recap. We just started saying it a bunch. <laughs> cup, a cup, bunch. Cup of coffee. There's cup one episode yeah. that has about 15 inches of cup of coffee. There were several times where I said, uh, I think I said, crack the code, solve the crime, is break the code, or something like that. I definitely butchered it. Like Let's not word. bring up all the ways we're <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll be here all day if we go back and correct our mistakes. We're only human. We're only human. We're only dancers. So when Donna's sneaking out of her house, talking about Harriet, our favorite poet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not mine. Yeah. For whatever reason, I was just getting weird Bob vibes from Donna, like hanging in the window, thinking of Firewalk with me. <laughs> just like, and then she says the line, like, don't forget to brush your teeth. And I think of Cooper saying, I haven't brushed my teeth yet. <laughs> ah, whoa. And I'm just like, oh. Yikes. Yeah. So Donna is Bob. Confirmed. confirmed. TP. Uh, weird thing for me with Harriet, uh, among many things that's weird about Harriet, uh, she is, she knows Donna's about to sneak out the window. She goes, I assume this is going to involve a phone call to Meathead Mike, or whatever she calls him. Mr. Bonehead Boyfriend. Why would she sneak out the window to make a phone call? That just seemed dumb. That's nothing. Because it's no cell phones? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to sneak we don't have a house phone, phone either. Yeah, I gotta go to a pay phone. phone. <laughs> Where can I get a major shoulder rub? Like the one that Major Garland Briggs is receiving in this episode. Where can I get one? Mike is called Snake three <laughs> times. Three times in this episode. Snake? Yeah. And never again. When Mike and Bobby roll up to Donna's house, yes. drinking, driving. Surfing. Bobby's surfing on the hood. Surf car Very Bobby poorly. Is still yeah. good. <laughs> and still so good. Doc Hayward. Doc Hayward's like, you boys aren't drinking and driving. <laughs> and Surfing. I don't know how this is supposed to like ease the situation, but Mike's like, Bobby's doing most of the driving anyway. Yeah, and he's the one out there <laughs> with the beer, <laughs> surfing, being an idiot. <laughs> it's almost like it's ironic. Oh. Ridiculous. Isn't it ironic? Did did Coop just start using his dictaphone? Did he just start recording these things so he would have something to do on long drives? Talking to himself? Yeah. Well, talking to Diane. Right, I know. Under the guise of talking to himself. Yeah. I just feel like that was a way to fill the oh. time, and he made a habit of it. Yeah. I didn't. I haven't read the book about his tapes, but. Uh, yeah, 
I had a thought, like, I don't know when during the, the rewatch, but I was like, like, is Diane even, like, real? real? <laughs> right. You've, we, is he, said that at some point. Is he even yeah, now sending you know. these anywhere? But the only yeah. thing that kept me from fully believing that is, like, his ear pillows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, is, is Diane, as he knew her, real? Like, or is it, is it Topa Diane now that's filling in because she got snatched away already? Yeah, we don't know what happened. You did something different with your hair. Now it's white. Instead of red. In Firewalk. Right, yeah. Yes. Because you don't see her yet. Yeah. But I do see Laura Dern whenever he's saying Diane. I'm like, I know, yeah. who, that I know who that is now. <laughs> I can put a face to that. Yeah, Diane. but you cannot put a face yeah. to it. Who the mm. hell is Diane? How did you picture Diane before we saw Laura Dern? I have no answer. Then I will not answer. Uh, okay. That means Dave, <laughs> Dave was picturing someone. Uh, I like that Bobby is posited as a football captain, and we never see him in any sort of football context. I want more of the coach. Coach is good. But we never see Bobby with so Pad. much as pads on. Yeah. Like oh. he's never around the football team. And it's February. It's done. Still the captain. Coach like, hey, he hasn't shown up uh, in like weeks or whatever. Yeah. He's been late every day this week. Yeah. All the shots of the uh, hallways, like long hallways at like the hospital, I was getting just even the vibes of the woodsman coming down the hallway sure. um, with Lieutenant Knox in the return. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of thinking about that. I was like, oh, my God, is there one of those dudes lingering around here because Laura's body's here? I don't know. Makes you think. The Norwegians are leaving. The Norwegians are leaving as we ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Like the Dude, opposite. The music, too, in the, the scene. Just Angelo, yeah. man. Kudos. Just the, the opposite of the British are coming, obviously. Like Norway, famously the opposite of Britain. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> famously. Just, 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 a, just a good, like, already seating, like, opposites and mirrors. Yeah. Like, that's just, th- that's just there. When they hold the... Uh, Town hall. Town hall. Town hall meeting. Cooper says he saw a rabbit. Snowshoe rabbit. Is it about the bunny? Yes. It is. Snowshoe rabbit. I wish it was a jackrabbit. Yeah. Uh, We did did also mess up uh, the the insults at the roadhouse fight where we say, lights out, grease monkey. It's lights out, Mr. Monkey Wrench. (laughs) (laughs) So close. (laughs) Lights out, Mr. Monkey Wrench. Just also, didn't realize how long. Just took a hard fork <laughs> to the road less traveled. Didn't realize how and long. Made it our own. Big Ed was passed out on the ground. He I just know. Like and Norma's there. like, I told him not to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. 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 Yeah, he's out for a minute. I feel like we should just bring up Mike yelling Donna. I mean, that's great. You know what? That one held up. Donna! That one held up. It was great. And her jump, like when. I just, it's great. I would have been as startled <laughs> as mm-hmm. it was in that moment. Mike's such a dick. Yeah. So, I did look up a fun fact. Yes. When Mike and Bobby come in, one of the nameless bikers at the table with Joey Paulson goes, Hey, it's a uh, Mutt and Jeff. <laughs> what a wonderful world. Yeah, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world has nothing to do with the context, <laughs> but Mutt and Jeff was a satirical comic strip in which uh, two... Funnily odd couple mismatched characters were the stars, and that's the entire reference. Mutt and Jeff is just two mismatched people. I love it. Mutt and Jeff. Okay. 
It's good to know. You might say, uh, we're a few mutt Jeffs. No. Uh, so uh, I did think it was funny that Cooper had to be reminded of Laura's name yeah. in the morgue. Yeah. Because he's, again, he's <coughs> talking to Diane. He says, I, under the nail of, what was her name? Laura Palmer. I actually thought he, that was said, <laughs> he said under the nail. I was like, dot com. Dot com. I actually thought that was weird that he didn't remember her name. He's yeah. like the attention to detail with Cooper. I right. kind of was annoyed with Cooper this episode. Really? Yeah. There's a big difference to me between him and the next one. Yeah. Yeah. The the childlike energy is almost annoying. It's also but very different well, from because how he's we like see him very bipolar almost and it's different from how we see him in Fire Walk with me. Yes. He's like you've been up in this area, you don't know about these trees, boy. Mm-hmm. He he seems cocky in a way that I didn't pick up on before. Uh-huh. Like the, the way so is this the way he smells at people dismissively kind of like there's no way this could be Dougie like the Dougie Jones no, I don't think so okay there's still too much of that Cooper in there just the stuff with the lamplighter in the could it be a trees uh, uh, some weird test tulpa because he is very bizarrely different yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a very it, it's a very different character it's than also what yeah. we come to know Cooper and I know yeah. it's the pilot and it. It's disconnected from the rest of yeah, everybody's kind season of one. Away. And yeah. where we're left in part 18, you're left with this totally new version of this character. Like, mm-hmm. that's a mix of them all. So, yeah, when you start, when you go back this, it's almost a little jarring just stepping back. You're like, oh, yeah, this is what it was like. It's strange. Yeah. It's very strange. It's not wondrous. <coughs> no. Whimsical, for sure. While he's in the morgue. Whimsical and strange. I want to lose the note. The, uh, another fire walk with me says... He wants to. He wants Albert's team to take a look. Don't give it to Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Stanley. Sam Stanley. Mm. Don't want to give it to Sam. <laughs> so mm. I love that. Yeah, love that. <laughs> like he knows this guy doesn't need to be on this case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wasn't a fan of Sam. This guy with his giant mixing tub and his <laughs> his shack apartment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Don't give him these files. Yeah. These yeah. case files. Well, we can climb on down from Pop Off Beaks now. So much to say, so little time, Pop Off Beaks. coming down. I climbed it. I got my piece of the aggro crag. Hoo-hoo. I've What'd they win, Mo? <laughs> Do you have it? I've been waiting two years to rate this episode on a scale of one to five. James Hurley forehands. Have you? Have you been waiting? I know you have. Talking forehands. I can't. I just can't. James! Dave, what are you giving it? <sighs> you know, it was very different this time around. Uh, the second time around. I, I watched it with a more with a more serious tone in mind. Like, I just watched it as it was presented to me instead of just like, oh, this is a weird show, and, like, look at the weird stuff they do. I, I tried to just take it as what was given to me. And at one point, I, I I took a break at, like, the halfway point, stood up, and walked off to make a coffee. And on my way to do that, I just went, I I love this show. Because <laughs> I, was, I was back in. Like, it got me again. And it got me in a different way. And I... It's not perfect because there are still some characters you to were, figure out. You so were Leland when he's like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. 110%. Yeah. 
I am back. Uh, I'm merzy dosing my way into it, and I'm, I'm very excited. I, there are a couple character things that need to be sorted out, and that will be by episode two, so it's going to be a four for me. Just four. Tebow. This is really hard. There are a lot of stakes riding on this. I love steak. I didn't see anyone eating steak. I love steak. <laughs> um, I don't know, because, like, I wasn't watching it to rate it. Right. Same. We knew we were doing this. No, I know, but, like, that's not what I was, like, I was most mainly focusing on, like, everything I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't actively scoring the episode. I was just trying to watch it with the new eyes and made it hard. It did make it hard. Uh, <laughs> I feel like having seen everything has impacted what maybe my or- original score would have been. Yeah. So the OG score probably would have been a four. Maybe. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to take it down to a three. Ooh. Oh, wow. Just three. Oh. Because everything I've seen since, and maybe it's just because it was shot for pilot season, whatever. Yeah. Like, going back and seeing this super weird coop, other people being, I don't know. Just it's not just quite weird. Harry driving off to dead ends. <laughs> like, h- how can this stand up against, like, five, four-head episodes? Like, yeah. Knowing what you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's very difficult. So it's going to have to be a three okay. for me. Okay. Perfectly fair. But that is only based on having seen everything else and not, you, you, you know, yeah. you yeah. get it. When there's stuff that is so good, like, how do you, yeah. yeah. how can you put it on the same shelf? Yeah. 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 And that's what I'm doing. It's a five. Whoa. Just five. <laughs> like, easily. It's so iconic. Like, Cooper entering town, Diane. She's dead wrapped in plastic. Like, everything about it is, it, it's even more so. I don't know. I probably would have been a five the first time around just because I was like, this is great. You're it being introduced to this world. You're seeing it for the first time. Falling in love with these random characters, like, what the hell is the log lady? You see her for two seconds, but I'm like, I'm into this shit. Who's like, the lady yeah, with the log? Give me more, give me more of that. Um, give me some of that, give me some of that. It's a tough watch, There's so, but the performances, in my opinion, are so good. Everyone, top to bottom. I think this, except maybe Eric DeRay, didn't talk about him at all, did we? We did not, <laughs> and I have to say, it's been, I mean... Two years since I've heard this guy talk. Right. Yeah. And he talks much different than I remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not threatening at all. Yeah. No. Even. Yeah. Not imposing. Yeah. He's just that's a <sighs> got that one wild the curly hair, hair. The hair really. They they don't have his style figured out just mm-hmm. yet. No. Yeah. Which it makes you wonder if what they did to his character in season two was intentional. You smoke one brand of cigarettes from now on. Golly. Damn with that. But I'm in my in my head, I'm thinking of uh Grace Sabrisky, Ray Wise, I'm thinking of Kamagoklan, these performances that are so, so good and have had such an impact on me. I I I, I love it. I 
and I love I think I love, <laughs> I love it even more now. This is my first time seeing this episode since we've watched everything. Mm-hmm. So it is it has been a while. And like we've said before, taking the trip out there, I don't know, it just cements it even more. It's just my favorite. It's fine. Mm. That is Talking Foreheads, baby. Baby. Well, hey, we did our best to connect everything that we know now to a rewatch. Guarantee we missed things. You know what? And it's open season now. So if any anybody has anything to say about the pilot with full disclosure, full spoilers, please let us know what we missed. We might cover it in a little bonus episode. Reach out to us at TalkingBackwardsPod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at TalkingBackwardsPod. Patrick? You can hit us up on Twitter at TalkingBackward. Tyler? Greetings, listeners. It is I, the Egg Deviler, welcoming you to the best part of this podcast, the part where I say names. Now, life's been a little crazy lately, and I'm on a bit of a time crunch, so I'm just going to rattle these names off one at a time, quickly. It goes without saying that we appreciate your support so much, and the quality of this shout-out does not reflect what your patronage means to us. Thank you all so much for your support. It really means the world to us. And without further ado, here are my shout-outs. First up on the list, we have Emma the Tick Tickner. Emma, thank you so much. You did it. Next, we have Diana Stavroulakis. Diana, you're on board. Thank you so much. You did it. Thank you all so much for your support. It really means the world to us. Now I have to get going and get some shit done. But please tune in next time to hear some more names shouted out. I have been the Egg Deviler. Anchor.fm slash talking backwards that's home base we'll see you next time for more season one revisits here on talking backwards Bye. bye listen to the sounds